So today on the How Did You podcast, we're joined by Jaska, a socially engaged photographer, as her LinkedIn describes. She's been through it all. She's done lots of different projects, and you'll be excited to hear about them. Jessica, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you, Taylor. Uh, you, you speak about many of projects and show many of projects like place, people, sport on your page. But if you had to choose a, a particular project, which one would be your favourite? Favourite out of all the different projects I've done. Um, there's a couple, I would say, the work I've done on my family. So Mitti di Kushbu, which means the smell of the land. Um, was a project I did based on the immigration of my family from Punjab to the UK. So that was a really personal project, first kind of big personal project I did, which was exhibited at the Blast Photography Festival in 2019. It's currently, I'm making it into a book. I guess that one's quite personal. Um, well, it's very personal and it's really important to me for something as a record that I want to keep for my children and future generations. So they know where their grandparents and great-grandparents came from and the struggles and the hard work and sacrifice they made to move to the UK and what that entailed um, the life that we live now. Throughout the work that you've done, you've also became a Portrait of Britain Award winner. When you found out that that had happened, I, I bet that must have been a massive shock. How did you come across the opportunity to have that photo taken? Um, of that was yeah you're right it was when I got the email and it's been something I've been applying to for the BJP and Taylor Wessing these are the big competitions you always apply for um, so then to be told that I when I got the shortlist I was like oh my gosh then when I found out I won yeah I was overwhelmed and it took me a few days to process like wow this has happened this is amazing and now I'm seeing the photograph being it's, it's all around the country at the moment. So I'm getting people send me JPEGs of it in uh, Waterloo Station or York Station. So that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, the work itself. So what I photographed Dr. Mavi is part of the Birmingham Lockdown Stories. And the Birmingham Lockdown Stories came about through Commission Through Grain projects. And I wanted to photograph different experiences of people's lockdown experience around Birmingham. Um, so I really looked at a cross range of people across the city, ages, genders, ethnicities, races. Um, and Dr. Mavi, I felt it was really important to capture the story of people working in NHS at that time. So Dr. Mavi works at Heartlands Hospital. Um, I also ph photographed Dr. Nikki as well, who is actually my neighbor, lives opposite me. Um, and then Arbor the Shah was another one that I won a portrait award for in the summer too. And that was with the Royal Birmingham Society of Artists. So that was, it's been quite a big and great year that I've won these two awards from the same body of work. It must be a great achievement as well as working on this. What I found quite fascinating was the disposable camera project that you did with the women. How did that feel? Because that was quite a unknown project to us, but you learn all the personal stories of the women. Yeah, so um, that project was called Aurat Gihimat, the woman's strength. And I worked with seven women from the Women's Refuge Birmingham Crisis Centre. It started off um, as a project in the um, pandemic, actually, when we were just coming out of it, um, I decided I wanted to do some volunteering because I was just like we all were all you heard was this bad negative things coming out in the world also to do with the pandemic but also the black lives matter movement in that 
you're just looking what is happening in the world and what can I do about it so I just decided actually I started volunteering at the refuge and I just wanted to do something good and um, through that the project came about actually and because they suggested to me well actually use your skills that you've got so I started working with the women at the refuge and um, we started developing this project to, to work with disposable cameras and for me in terms of my socially engaged practice what I really wanted to explore was the question of authorship how do you produce work which actually um, their voices heard but it's not navigated just through me so the zine that we ended up making or at Kihimmat combined their photographs of um, that they'd been taking about their experiences as well as the written text which they'd been writing in the workshops we did um, even to the point where we had a whole session a workshop on it, it wasn't meant to be on this but it ended up being about a discussion of the title of the work um, which they were so passionate in actually what what we're going to call this scene um, and the project was all about amplifying their voices um, women um, whose voices are often marginalised or we don't hear from them taking control of that narrative um, and sharing their voice and me kind of being a conduit to make that happen. So, yeah, it was really powerful, really um, emotional. And actually, it was only a few months after I finished that project that I realised how much of an emotional toll it took on me as well because it was very heavy, um, but important. Definitely a very important project. I'm sure if people haven't checked it out, they could do because it's an outstanding project and it really shows like the behind like how they think and how they are and who they are. And you never really see that side, but like you say, it's been demonstrated throughout not only your delivery, it's their delivery as well. And it really has such a kind impact and it's just eye-opening especially I enjoyed it most when you would document it on your Instagram stories because you'd see as silly as it sounds the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes yeah and it it was great to see whilst also carrying out all of these great freelance projects you also became a visiting lecturer at BCU whilst further being a photography teacher at KEGS for nine and a half years did you ever think that you'd end up in that route um what in terms of teaching yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, obviously I planned for it that um, in my 20s that I actually used to work in radio. So I used to work at BBC um, and work on BBC Asian networks, radio shows, specialist music um, before I broke away and kind of went freelance and worked on um, a cruise ship for seven months as a photographer. And it was when I worked there, I did some workshops, um, photography workshops. I realised actually I really enjoyed teaching. So the teaching element, um, something I really love. Um, I've always wanted to work in HE, so having the opportunity at uh, BCU this year has been amazing. I'm really enjoying it. I can imagine it. Also, as well as all the other great projects you've done, you've also worked quite heavily with people in sport. Is there a particular sport you like working with? Is it the football? Is it the footballers? Sorry, is it the Olympians? Or is it anything different that we're yet to see? I love sports. I grew up playing sports, which is where, where my passion for sports comes from. I used to play football. You name it, any sport, I would play it as a kid. Um, but football and netball were my two big ones, I guess. Um, so that's why it's always kind of meandered into my work, um, my personal projects, just because of my passion for, for sports. Um, in terms of sports, I love to photograph. I love photographing swimmers, actually. There's something so visceral and beautiful when they come out the water and they're dripping um, where... 
it's really great sport to photograph. I also love photographing boxers. I think for the same reason, they're usually dripping in blood or sweat. <laughs> so it's they're, they're very dynamic sports that show a lot of raw emotion. Um, and visually, it's just it's so arresting. So I do love photographing those sports. The women's football work I've done over the years, I've, that's really to challenge gender identity and gender in sport. And luckily, since I started that work in 2006, good 15 years on we have moved forward and massively and in terms of funding in women's sports and visibility so that's really big positive we've seen more support of like women's football events like you say women's boxing anything kind of in that era Mm -hmm. but if you had to say what is one thing that you do as a photographer whether it be your process whether it be the time it spends capturing photos whether it be the conversion of film to digital what is one thing that people underestimate as being a photographer well that's a really good question um one thing that people underestimate i guess it's that pre-planning actually um pre-planning and post-production because I guess going out and taking photographs, people can understand that and they get that. But actually when you're making a project, it's it's that triangle I always think of at the top, the tip. That's what people see, the photographs being made or you out on a shoot. But it's that you kind of being the swan, so to speak, and your feet are just going like crazy underneath the water and all that prep work that you have to do to get there. So it's the organising of the photo shoots. It's the phoning people, um, getting model release form sorted and also just thinking about actually well what is the purpose of the work I'm trying to create what's the point of it what am I making it for where is it going to be seen where is it going to be shown how am I going to show it all that work um I guess people don't see that as often and that's why on my Instagram like you mentioned I'm quite I, I share my stories of the behind the scenes as well because actually all that work is so important in creating that end piece that we we often see that end photograph, that end series of images up in an exhibition or in a magazine or whatnot, but you don't see the prep work often. So that's why I'm very interested in kind of showing that on my stories a lot. Um, yeah, so that's probably the, the least valued um, because often people go, well, what does an artist actually do all day? <laughs> but it's all that work actually of figuring that stuff, that stuff, like that concept, that planning, figuring all of that out takes time and patience and reading um, and reflection uh, these are probably not quantifiable in terms of time equals money so to speak but that's and that's often what we see in society that you know this um, action must lead to this consequence and that outcome and that monetary value but actually it's much more than that when you're an artist um, I completely agree with that because People are like, why can't you just take photos with your phone? Why can't you just do this? Mm. But on the regards of people taking photos with their phone, have you ever attempted a photography project just with a phone? Me personally? Um, no, uh, I haven't. I think when we had the first lockdown in March 2020, um, I started to document, take a picture a day of family life. And that was the first time, I, but I did that all digitally. So it wasn't on any of my medium format cameras, which is normally all my personal projects are on my film cameras on my medium format. But this one, I went all digital. Sometimes I would use my phone, but more often than not, I use my digital SLR, my mirrorless camera, my Fuji. Um, 
but yeah, I haven't done a whole project on my phone. I don't, I'm not sure how I would feel about that. Usually my phone is for like my documenting. So if I go out to exhibitions or galleries and that kind of thing, that's what I use my phone for. Is there a reason that you choose film over digital? Is it a, is it a small reason or quite a valid big reason? I think it's a big valid reason because I have uh, tried in the past when I did the Mitty the Kushbu work, I did try it both on digital and medium format initially to see actually could I switch to digital. Um, but then what I quickly realised was that actually it's the way I work. I work. I work a lot better. The format I use is six by seven, which in terms of the image constraints, six by seven on a medium format camera works better for me. It's the way I think actually in terms of image making, um, the way I compose images is with that format. Um, when I try to switch to a digital camera to do the same thing, it doesn't quite work. And also it's the shot making. So with a film camera using medium format, I only have 10 photographs and it changes the way I work completely. It slows down my process. Before I even taken one photograph, I've taken about 20 because I'm, they cost so much. Whereas using a digital camera, um, I'll use that for shooting events um, and things like that. But for my personal projects, I just find that using a medium format camera is how I work better. I take better images on there just because, of, not just because of the quality of the images, because most digital cameras actually are, you can get equivalent to similar quality. But there's just something about the aesthetic of film as well that you can't replicate digitally, not for me anyway. Which I think you've pointed out to me previously. How do you get that detail? And it is, the detail on film is just beautiful. It really does enable to cap to, uh, encap, encapsulate sorry, a great depth of field. Like you say, the tone, the definition and everything like that. Normally you probably have to spend time in Photoshop with sharpness or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But with the fact that you've taken that on film and then developing it, you really do see a kind of different style. But if you had to say, what's one thing that motivates you? One thing that motivates me? Um, I think making a positive impact in the communities I live in. I think that's what motivates me to make work, that if I have an opportunity to make work and present it through exhibitions or a book or whatnot, that I make something that's going to have a positive impact for the people that are involved and for the work, the people that are going to see it and the local communities that are engaged in that work. That's what motivates me. Um, also, I'm, I, I bear in mind that I'm a role model to my two children. And so that actually the work I create, a, it takes me time away from me being a mom, from being with them. So whatever I do choose to make, it has to be something that I'm passionate about, that is, that I feel really strongly about. Otherwise it's not worth doing in terms of, I have to justify it in that it takes time away from my kids. Um, so it has to be important in that regard. Definitely. Are your kids going to be photographers? Is that the, <laughs> is that the plan? No, it's not my plan. If they want to be, they can be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never thought about it, to be honest. The, the, my daughter's five years old. My son's three. At the moment, 
um, they scribble a lot on my walls at home. So they've maybe got artists in the making. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's see what where life takes them. You never know. You do never know. Obviously, your work's been featured in lots of different places. It says on your website it's Wembley Stadium to Manchester's People Museum. If you had to name a particular spot that kind of where you noticed your work was in there, you were most surprised or you thought, wow, which kind of spot in particular would it be? When it was in Wembley, that was a big wow moment for me because, you know, Wembley being the home of football in the UK and, and the work that was up there was um, the women's football work. So that was a particular, particularly like awesome moment. I went to see it as well when it was there and it was just a bit of a, yeah, a bit of an overwhelming wow moment on a personal level, being such a big football fan myself, having grown up playing and watching it. Um, but I think the the Mitty the Kushbul work I made on my family, that was actually exhibited in the local park where I grew up. And that had really strong personal significance and resonance um, that felt really... It, personally quite emotional to see this work all about the immigration of my family and the different generations then to be exhibited in the spaces where I grew up playing uh, with my family you know playing rounders on the weekends when we all used to get together um, so that was a but I obviously knew about all these places where where the work was going to get shown so yeah it, it must be such a emotional feeling because like you say you work with the women you've worked with the football you've taken work back to where you were, were as a child sorry but if you had to put, kind of predict the future where do you see yourself or what kind of projects do you want to be working on within a year or five years I can't see into the future if I could then I'd love to say yeah I'd love my work to be in the tape but um or you know in the the photographer's gallery um but Honestly, the, in the next year, I've got some big work coming up. So I am making the People, Place and Sport project you mentioned previously. That is a big project I'm working on uh, with multi-story um, that will be shown at the Commonwealth Games Cultural Festival. So that to me is a massive thing. You know, Birmingham uh, and Sandwell being the hosts for the Games this year, it's probably the biggest sporting event that's going to hit our region for, you know, probably in my lifetime. So for me to have a big visual arts exhibition as part of that this year is um it's going to be I think a bit of a career highlight for me so I'm really looking forward to that um further down the line I'm just hoping to make more work um go back to make more work with the women at the women's refuge at Birmingham Christ Centre or other refuges in the in the local area um and just see where I can take that um one set about a time I'm not thinking beyond that if I'm honest uh <laughs> yeah once again, it goes back to spending time away from the kids, being a mum and kind of juggling all of that. And while struggling all of that, you also do a whole load of different projects. You even made a book which you sold. Yeah, it was brilliant. And it was, it was a really good way of encapsulating a project. And actually, it was because of um, all the restrictions with exhibitions that it kind of forced my hand to go, well, actually, how can I show this work? Because usually I exhibit my work. And I'm really interested in putting public exhibitions on where they're in public spaces, my work, um, often. But this, because of the pandemic, um, I couldn't, well, it wasn't going to be exhibited, basically. It wasn't going to be printed out and exhibited or framed anywhere. So I decided, well, actually, let's make it into a photo book. Um, 
and it was a brilliant experience. I loved it. I made it in, in design. And then I worked with a designer, Mark Murphy, who's brilliant. Um, and he polished off the design and he made it look fantastic. He put all the different elements together. Um, Self-publishing, it was a really, really good experience, actually. I learned so much which I then put into practice for the zine that I made with uh, the the women's strength zine I made. Um, so it was a brilliant learning curve. And I'm hoping to make the People, Place and Sport project into a book um, as well this year. So all those experiences. For me, every project I do, I feel like I learn and I grow and mistakes I make, I just see them as learning experiences. Just go, okay, that worked there. What do I do to make it better? Well, let's go back to the last few words you said, learning experiences. If you had to give a bit of advice that would act as a learning experience for other photographers that are up and coming or maybe photographers that are switching from film to, uh, from DSLR to film, sorry, what would it be and how would you explain it? Experience, try things out. I think don't be scared to fail because actually once you make mistakes, that's usually your biggest learning curves. That's how you learn and grow the most. So the People, Place and Sport project, I made massive mistake. Um, in one of the shoots but what I realized and this wasn't a photographic thing that I needed to realize it was that I was juggling too much at the time and that I needed to slow down something had to give in my work-life balance that to avoid me making mistakes on shoots because I was tired um, because I was trying to do too much and so I made those adjustments um, in my life to make sure actually when I get to the next shoot I'm not making those same mistakes um, so yeah, so I think, uh, I, I, but also you've got to see mistakes as a positive thing that you learn from them. Um, so that would be my one thing, would just be experiment and try things. And often the fear of failure gets in your way of actually picking up a camera and trying something or getting in touch with that photographer for some advice or you know, um, putting the other work out there. But actually put your work out there and just see what happens. Apply for that commission. Even if you feel like, oh, I'm not qualified enough or I've not got enough experience, do it anyway. And sometimes it's about getting your name out there and getting advice and then actually making connections um, with people that you wouldn't otherwise. Um, yeah, so it's something I've been doing a lot more of in the last few years, which has been a really big positive. positive.